Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. One of the most debated chapters in all the Bible is Isaiah chapter 53. And it's very easy to understand the nature of this conflict, this debate. Some will say that the suffering servant, and I hope you all are aware that in the prophecy of Isaiah, there is one known as the suffering servant. Now, we need to be honest with one another. There are some times that the suffering servant is indeed the children of Israel, the Jewish people. And at other times, in fact, the vast majority of the times, that suffering servant is Israel's Messiah. Not the Jewish people, but Messiah of Israel. So the question is simple, who is Isaiah speaking about in chapter 3? Is the suffering servant Israel or is it Messiah? Now, most of the time, if you ask someone who is a follower of Judaism, especially Orthodox Judaism, they will tell you that Isaiah 53 is not about the Messiah. It's about the plight of the Jewish people throughout numerous centuries. And I'm holding in my hand right now a commentary about the book of Isaiah. And Rashi's commentating is found in this book, what he says concerning all of Isaiah, but obviously including Isaiah 53. And he says twice, the suffering servant, the subject of this 53rd chapter is indeed the Jewish people. Now, that's his prerogative, but I find something very peculiar about this. Now, Rashi's commentary is not binding, meaning it's not authoritative in Orthodox Judaism. People are free to read it, agree with it, or disagree. Accept some things and reject others. He's simply a man. Lived over a thousand years ago, very wise, wrote numerous books and commentaries about many uh, of the religious doctrines and such in Judaism. But he is not binding. Let me tell you what is binding, and that is the Talmud. The Talmud is seen as the Word of God by Orthodox Judaism. And in a section of the Talmud, called Mesechet Sanhedrin. On the 98th page, there's a discussion. The discussion focuses in on what is the name of Messiah. Now, if you understand the nature of the Gemara, a very significant part of the Talmud, you know that the Gemara introduces discussions. And the, the Gemara's purpose is to take all of the things in this discussion to help us arrive at a, a point, 
at a, a message. And here, as they are debating the name of the Messiah, and the question is not, what will he be called, but rather, name in the, in the sense of character. What is the character? What will Messiah do? How to understand him? How to describe him with, with knowledge? And what's interesting is this. The subject, who Messiah is, what he will do, how to recognize. And Isaiah 53 is offered as, as prophetic and scriptural evidence that help us understand Messiah. In the Talmud, they are not asserting that Isaiah 53 is speaking about the Jewish people. Rather, the Talmud, that which is authoritative in Orthodox Judaism, is clearly, certainly saying this chapter is about Messiah. By the way, Rashi writes in regard to the Gemara, and he agrees. So when he's speaking to a closed community, when he's addressing the Talmud, this authoritative book, he says, yes, the Talmud is right. The subject of Isaiah 53 is the Messiah. But when he speaks publicly to a mixed group, when he debates with those who believe that the Messiah is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, then he writes, no, no, Isaiah 53 is about the Jewish people. Well, what's of interest to me is this. Not what Rashi believed, not what he wrote one place and what he wrote somewhere else. Not what the Talmud says, but rather what Scripture says. And our purpose in this study is to do this. Simply to look at this 53rd chapter. We'll take the first half now and to see what the Word of God says concerning this suffering servant. And as I said, each one is going to have to make a conclusion for themselves. Well, let's begin. Take out your Bible and look with me to that place, the book of Isaiah and chapter 53. It begins this way. And I'm going to translate it as I always try to do in a most literal way. We read, Who has believed our report? Now, the word for report comes and is derived from the word for hearing. So, who has believed this, this report that was stated that we have heard? And what is this report of? Well, it tells us, and the arm of the Lord. Now, this is this word, Zeroah. We've looked at it before. It's a word that speaks of a seed, an offspring, a descendant, an extension of someone. We see here that, that in this sense, we're speaking about a descendant. Not an arm in that sense, but this word, when it's applied to an arm, it's that upper portion, a sacrificial aspect is, is implied in this word. We also find that this word relates, as I've taught other places, it also relates to Passover, that Passover lamb. So a very important, meaningful word in Isaiah's prophecy. So the arm, we'll translate it as most do, the arm of the Lord, that means this one who is an extension, this one who is a descendant of 
God himself, the Lord. It says, upon whom has he been revealed? So here we're dealing with believing in one who has been revealed, this Zeroah, Hashem, this, this seed, this offspring, this arm, this sacrificial one of the Lord. Verse 2, it says, and he has gone up, this is a word that explains his manifestation, that he has been seen, that there's a report that has gone out from him, that he has gone up as, and then we have a word for a, a tender young plant, a young shoot that came up from the ground, and it says, he has gone up as a tender plant before him, meaning before the Lord under the auspices of the Lord as a root in a dry land, meaning this. The problem, this word for plant means one that, that takes nourishment. It's, it's healthy, but the problem is this. This healthy plant is in the midst of a very dry, arid land, not a good place not fertile ground and what the prophets telling us is simply this that that this one who is the subject this suffering servant is in this world and the world's not conducive not responsive not uh, receptive to this one and that's why we're going to see that that he suffers read on concerning this one it says Lo to our low, which means he doesn't have a description meaning this. There's nothing just from how he appears, the look, his appearance. There's nothing that that is describable in the sense that you would mark down, that you re remember, that would make an impression upon you. Furthermore, he says, Ve lo hadar ve near ehu that he's not glorious in his appearance, he's not beautiful in his appearance, that, that we would look upon him, that we would see him and recognize something special. Meaning, although he is special, we know the subject, the suffering servant. There's great significance in this one, but not based upon how he looks. His appearance isn't something that's notable something that would cause us simply his appearance that would cause us to take notice in fact it says which means not an appearance that we would desire him that that he would be desirable by us or anyone else so from the outward the external is what the prophet is speaking about and there's nothing unique nothing beautiful nothing special nothing that's so desirable simply in his natural appearance that people would recognize him and the unique one that he is and the important thing that he's going to do so from the external we're not going to learn anything about him look now to verse 3 Verse 3 says that he was despised. A very strong word. 
Another way that we can understand that is that he received contempt from others. So he was despised, others held him in contempt. There was nothing that was, as we've said, that was desirable from the world's perspective concerning him. In fact, the next phrase, Vachadal Ishim, means that, that he was, was rejected that he was one that, that was not noteworthy, in fact, quite the contrary, that he was someone that, that when looked upon, people would reject him. It's speaking about how his ways are not the ways of the world, that he doesn't fit in. He doesn't uh, uh, make himself at home in this world, that he doesn't belong in this place. That's what's being spoken of. Then we're told, not only is he despised and rejected, but it says, a man, and then we have the word for, for pains in the plural. Now, some may translate it sorrows, but it's usually speaking about a physical pain, not an emotional pain, but a physical one. A man of pains, and one who knows he is known the, the, the sickness. Now, this is the word, holy, which is sickness. It's a word of, of affliction. So this one, whoever it is, we're not going to answer that question at this time. Whoever it is, there's nothing special from an appearance standpoint about him. That the world doesn't see him as desirable, taking note of him, but rather... He is the one who is despised, the world has contempt, he is rejected, and he is one who knows pain and also sickness. Now, this word for sickness, where does sickness come from? And the answer is sin. He is going to experience the consequence of sin. Now, we know something. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but it's important that we hear it now and not later on after stating something that could be confusing. Sickness is related to sin, just like death is related to sin. That does not mean that, that someone's sick because he did some specific sin, but it means that sickness is in this world because of sin, as an outcome, a consequence to it. No one that would have been in the Garden of Eden prior to the first sin would have ever been sick. There would have been perfect health. But because sin entered into this world, so did sickness. So he's one who is acquainted with sickness. He has experienced that, and it's meaning here, not his own sickness, but he's going to experience the consequence. This is going to be a source of, of pain for him. And then it goes on and says, and most Bible puts it in the plural, we, but it simply says, it's the word master, which is to, to hide. Hiding the face from him. Now, this is saying that, that we didn't even want to be around him. We wouldn't look upon him. We didn't see anything of significance. It's another word, an expression for rejection. So this one, this suffering servant, 
is a rejected, a despised one, one who suffers pain and understands the consequence of sickness, knows that. Here again, not his sickness, but what he's going to experience because of your sin and my sin. Now let's look at the end of verse 3 where it says, once more, same word, despise. Nivze, despise, and what else? And we did not consider him. Gave no thought to him. Now, let me just simply say, to me, this part clearly points to Messiah. We did not esteem him, consider him, give him any thought. The world did not when he was here. In fact, all the world wanted to do was put him to death. Now, this is a very important and significant statement. And notice how it's connected to the next verse, verse 4. Indeed, our sicknesses. Now we get someplace. It says earlier on in, in verse 3, Vidua, known sicknesses. He understood the consequences of sin not his sin he never sinned and that's why it clarifies it now in verse 4 where it says Achen, certainly indeed our sins he bore now literally it says our sickness he bore but sin and sickness in the scripture are connected to one another look again at verse 4 indeed our sickness he bore and once again our suffering he he suffered our pains he suffered now it's interesting because this is a prophet speaking to who primarily the children of Israel and frequently he says we are who's he speaking of himself with his people Israel so we have to ask a question how could we interpret this in this way certainly our sickness he has borne meaning that Israel's sickness Israel's has borne doesn't make sense likewise when it says and our pains he has suffered them and we here's the problem who's the we here well, he's speaking to Israel. He's a prophet of Israel. And we, we considered him, and look at this next word, the word Nagua. Now, in that section, I said in the Talmud called Masechet Sanhedrin and, and page 98, I mentioned that there was a discussion about the name of Messiah. And this is the verse that is cited in the Gemara for this discussion. Now, we see the word are sicknesses. But what's interesting, when they say later on that he is, is afflicted or struck, they use this word that I mentioned a few minutes ago, Nagua. Now, here in the biblical text where it says this, Nagua, they say that it's related to to leprosy and there's this story 
about, about Messiah. Now, this is a story within Judaism, not biblical. They say that Messiah, he, he associates with the rejected and the outcasts, the one who's, who's, who's put out from society, not well received. And, and this is true. And it says that he would go down to where the lepers are, those that have that disease of leprosy. But he was unique because according to the story, and it's a make-believe story, but it has a message, and that's this. The message is that he would be different than all the other lepers because he would go to their place. They would go and bathe, and what would they do? They would take out all their bandages, remove them all, and bathe, and then put on fresh bandages. But there was one leper who did something different, and that is that he would remove one small bandage and clean himself, and then put on another new one. Then take off an old one, clean only this spot, and then wrap it up meaning he never was exposed. Why? If he was, they would see that he did not have leprosy. He was simply being among them, suffering with them. Now, here's the message. They're saying this story to speak about Messiah, that he was struck, but not because of his own sickness not because of his own problem that he didn't have leprosy he was just associating with them and encouraging them being with them assisting them now isn't that interesting that they see this is the role of messiah that he has no sickness he is not a leper but he he comforts those who do and they say that in regard to this verse for we considered him to be a leper, to be struck with leprosy. One who was crushed by God and afflicted. That's how they thought of him. That's their view of him. That he had been crushed, that he had been, been afflicted by God. Now, what do you think this is speaking about? Well, this is speaking about two things one of which when he suffered upon that cross and the message is what we get from that that story is that he didn't suffer on the cross he was struck on the cross he was afflicted on the cross but he was innocent of sin he wasn't doing it for himself he was doing it for you and me that's why he's known as this suffering servant he's innocent He's not sick. He's not sinful. But he was struck and suffered in behalf of others. Now look at verse 5. Speaking about him, he, most Bibles will say wounded or, or, or pierced. You know what the literal word is from? It's one from the word profane. Meaning this one who was innocent of sin, he became sin for us. What do I mean by that? God laid upon him, this is what the Bible tells us, the sins of all the world. He suffered that punishment. That's what it means that he was wounded. 
He was pierced or he was profane. He became sin for us. This one who never sinned. This one who was innocent. So it says, look again at verse 5. He was wounded. Why? For our transgressions. Now, if the ones who are speaking is Israel, how could Israel be wounded for Israel's own sin? Doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't speak to the context and the account of Isaiah 53. It by, by nature demands that when it says we are transgressions, it's got to be speaking in regard to someone else. Who's that? Not Israel, but it's Messiah. So we read, he was wounded, pierced, profaned on account of our transgression. He was crushed and our afflictions was crushed because of our afflictions, because of our behavior. And then it says, the, the punishment for our peace was upon him. Another very important statement. It shows that we can't be talking about the same one because the punishment for our peace was upon him, not the punishment of our peace was upon ourselves. You cannot see this passage speaking about Israel. It's speaking about Messiah and what Messiah did for Israel and what he did for all of humanity. That's the message. And then finally, look at the end of verse 5 where it says, and most will say, by his stripes. If we look at this word and what it means in, in Israel today, in modern Hebrew, it's usually associated with bruises. Now here's the message. We know that he was flogged. We know that he was beaten. And these, these wounds turn into bruises. And they would appear as stripes upon his body. And it says here this suffering that he endured in his crucifixion and the events surrounding it, we are told, and by his bruises, by his stripes, says we are healing we are healed by, by this. So again, it's he that suffered for us. That's the message. Last verse in our study today. Verse 6. All of us, all of us, like sheep, we have gone astray. Now, Messiah is without sin. Messiah is perfect. So no way could this scripture, when it says we, we can't suffer for our own sin. We are the ones who have gone astray. So he says, all of us, like sheep, we have gone astray. Every man, his way, we have turned. So we have all turned, every one of us, to our own way. And the Lord, because of our guiltiness, this is how this, this sixth verse ends. Because of our guiltiness is what he's saying. The Lord, the Lord has inflicted him. Now, it's a word, lifgoa, 
is word for hitting something, causing a hurt. This is in the hifl, making this. So it says here, and we might translate it like most of the English Bibles do, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of all of us. Now, the only way that, that one can suffer for sin and there be a positive outcome is this. If that one who suffers was innocent. That's why we learn from the Torah, an animal, before it's offered up, it has to be inspected to make sure that there's no imperfections, that it has a blemish or some problem. These can't be offered up. And Messiah, if he had sinned, he could not be Messiah. He could not do the work. He could not bring about this, this, this punishment upon himself, whereby, whereby it has a positive effect upon others. See, if we suffer for our own sin, our suffering only is because of us. It deals with us. It's a punishment for us. It's only when one is innocent, then that suffering can be imputed, benefit someone else. This is what the scripture's telling us. So when we look at this first half and the message only gets clearer in the second half, it is absolutely impossible. It doesn't even make sense to subscribe to this, this chapter that the suffering servant here is Israel. No, we have a different suffering servant. It's not Israel. It's Messiah who is suffering in behalf of Israel. And as I said, all those Jews and Gentiles alike who would receive his work, understand what he did in our behalf. Let me close with this. When we look at this section, we see clearly that this one is suffering in behalf of another not in behalf of himself but in behalf of another it is clear that this prophecy is messianic and it's also clear up until what we've seen today that it describes messiah and what he went through especially upon the cross when god laid the sins of the world upon him in order that he would receive the punishment so that we could receive peace with God. Well, I'll close with that until next week. And we do the second half of Isaiah chapter 53. Until then, may God bless you. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.